Hi, I'm Jane Hilsden, marketing consultant and founder of Dragonfly Marketing. Welcome to this episode of the How To Do Marketing Show, a no-nonsense podcast about marketing for small business. It's our mission at Dragonfly Marketing to put marketing on the agenda for every regionally based business in Australia. Why? Because we know that when marketing is done properly, it can help your business grow. We believe small businesses are the backbone of our nation. When your business grows, it benefits not only you and your family, it benefits your whole community. Small businesses create a vibrant and connected economy. We employ local people, we donate to local charities, and we work together to build resilient and thriving regional communities. So the How To Do Marketing Show is a podcast just for you and your small business. Bursting with marketing insight and information, this show will be a fabulous resource to help you know all there is to know about the topic of marketing for small business. Okay, today we are talking with James Fitzgerald about social media. James is the Executive Director of Programming and founder of SMK, which stands for Social Media Knowledge. SMK is a specialist learning and development organisation with unrivaled expertise in assisting companies with digital transformation. They exist to help businesses use social media, mobile and digital channels more effectively. They lead over 100 full-day social media, mobile, digital and content marketing training courses in Asia-Pacific every year. And they are attended by thousands of senior marketing and communications professionals from the world's leading brands, agencies and organisations. And I'm one of these attendees. I've actually lost count of how many training programs that I have attended with SMK. So it won't surprise you then that I totally geek out about this topic. I love it. And I really love what James has to share in this episode. He covers so much ground in this discussion and there are so many nuggets of excellent advice for any size business. I would advise that you grab a paper and a pen to make notes. We talk about which social media channels present which opportunities, the difference of results between posting videos on Facebook versus YouTube, why YouTube is a social media channel that may actually be a very relevant consideration for your small business. We talk about the importance of diversification of your digital channels and what marketing objectives you can be using with the various channels. So without further ado, let's get stuck in. James, welcome to the How To Do Marketing Show. Excellent. Thanks for having us today. No problems. I, um, I've i been really keen to have this chat with you. Um, well, as you well know, I have been attending your programs for, well, quite a few years now. And now you've actually, you're showing up um, differently in the, in the training world. And now I'm a member of your digital excellence program, which I'm loving. There is so much information in there. It is unbelievable. Um, but I've always loved your sessions on social media. You always have so many interesting facts. And even though I kind of attend very similar programs each year, you manage to keep, you know, fill me in with so much that's happened over that 12 months because as we both know, it's such a, an incredibly fast-moving space. Um, and the stats and the figures and the functionalities and all of that is like really, really um, hard to keep up with, even if you're in that space and you do that for Absolutely. a living. Um, 
So I imagine you're, you know, well more across it than, than I am. So I'm really, really happy to, to have this conversation. And usually when you, you and I, or usually when I'm actually tapping into a lot of your programs, it's, it's, it is based around Facebook and Instagram because mm-hmm. that's what, you know, that's what the majority of, of small businesses use. Yep. But today I wanted to take a slightly different angle and deep dive into some of the more niche platforms, which you also have some great information about. But before we do that, I'd just love to know for you, why social media marketing? What what do you personally love about working in this space? I think love's a strong word. Um, I think <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's, it's, I mean, I think that, well, there's, there's probably a few key things, I think, which, which make it... Um, appealing and effective for marketing and comms. Um, the first one is, is the audience. So um, uh, across the, the Facebook network, which obviously incorporates Facebook and Instagram, uh, you have scale. So uh, I think uh, in Australia, um, I think you've got about 17 million-ish, 17, 18 million um, uh, that you can uh, reach across Facebook and Instagram. So that gives us scale. Yes. Um, they also spend a lot of time there. So average time spent per person per day on Facebook is about probably uh, about 35 minutes, give or take. And Instagram is about half an hour. So between Facebook and Instagram, that's an hour of attention per day on average for 17 to 18 million people. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, that's not as good as, as television. So television obviously uh, is about probably three to three and a half hours per person per day on average. But the difference with say TV versus social is TV skews heavily towards demographics, probably um, uh, 45, 50 and above. Right. So TV skews nowadays um, much older, whereas yeah. obviously social skews quite evenly now uh, across most age cohorts. Yeah. So it, it's, it's easy to, reach and unlock pretty much 80% of Australian adults um, on Facebook and Instagram, and they're going to be there for an hour a day. Now, not only that, obviously the targeting that that we can use to get at those 18 million people-ish is is very, very good. Um, so you've got, um, you've got great reach. You've got a lot of time spent daily. Um, plus you've got mind-blowingly powerful uh, targeting capabilities. Yeah. And nothing else really compares with that. I mean, even when you look at Google, you know, Google has more reach. So yeah. so Facebook read the Facebook network. So let's just, you know, Instagram is part of Facebook, so let's just call it Facebook. So yeah. Facebook network reaches about 80% of Australian adults. Google reaches 93% of Australian adults. Right. So from the point of view of reach, Google is better. Um but how, how long do you spend searching every day? You know, so average time spent per person per day in search is a lot, lot lower. Uh, and with good reason, because our, our relationship with search is very transactional. Yes. Yeah. Plus, you know, search is expensive. So, mm-hmm. you know, running Google uh, ads, you know, Google search ads are phenomenally powerful but they're quite costly. And with every passing year, the, the typical cost per impression has just crept up and up and up and up over the last probably 10, 20 years to the point that for a lot of businesses, ourselves included, there's a lot of terms that we should be running ads on that we, we're not because they're just mm. too costly now. 
Mm. So, so I think, you know, from the point of view of um, effectiveness, probably search is more effective because if someone goes into Google and looks up, you know, learn digital marketing or social media courses or, you know, best removals firm, Mornington Peninsula, like if someone does that, then that's a highly qualified lead. Yeah. The problem is, is it's quite costly to get at them. And if you don't manage to convert them once you've got them, yeah. you just wasted your money. So I think from, from a, the point of view of why is social media effective and in particular, why is Facebook so effective? It comes down to, to really the intersection of those three things. It's got reach, it's got time per day and it's got outstanding targeting. And I think, if you know how to, to play the system well, you can reach people very economically. You know, we come back to TV. You know, TV is an incredible medium, even if it does skew a bit older nowadays, but it's expensive. You know, making a TV ad is very expensive. Yes. Buying the media space is very expensive. Even in regional areas, it's expensive yes. and, and time-consuming. Yeah. And also, so who even knows what is a good TV ad? Yeah. You know, so, so obviously one of the things which you also get with, with, with online as a channel is the ability to, to make creative modifications and iterations. So yeah. instead yeah. of spending a lot of money on an unproven video idea that may or may not work when you run it on TV, yeah, be a little bit more agile and are creative. You can A-B test different variants and we can really sort of lift up the results. So yeah. I think to me, I don't necessarily think the social media – um, we'll put it this way I, from the, from the point of view of persuasion, television is still the most persuasive medium. So, you know, a TV ad, according to Nielsen, if you look at all yeah. the independent studies, a TV advertisement is more persuasive than an advert in your Facebook newsfeed. Yeah. But the difference I would say with, with, and i and this is something you can apply broadly. The difference with say digital versus non-digital is the ability to performance manage and optimize. Yes. So let's say yes. I run a radio campaign. You know, radio is fantastic. You know, let's say yes. I run a radio campaign um, and it does a great job and maybe the number of people inquiring about my local consulting business would pick up perhaps. What would I need to do to that ad to get 5% more inquiries? Yeah. I've yeah. got no idea. And I don't think anyone, if they're honest at the radio session, would be able to help you either. No. Whereas you could run a campaign in, say, Facebook or Instagram, which is less persuasive than TV, yeah. And you can just, you can just test. Yes. So here's yeah. the long version. Here's the short version. Here's the version that gives a great offer. Here's the version where the button says call now instead of book now. Like we, we can performance manage the results up. Yes. So I think the ability to performance manage, which is not just a social thing. That's a digital thing. The ability yeah. to performance manage for me is the secret source of communicating digitally. Yeah. You know, with analog communications, whether it's outdoor, print, radio, newsletter drops, TV, it's very, very hard to performance manage that. Yes, um, yeah. So, yeah, no, and, and I completely agree with you. And I guess what I'm picking up from that is that you, and I'm sticking with the word love because you spoke <laughs> very passionately, very analytically, but very passionately then, Um but you're loving the, the, the practicality of the, the functionality and in terms of its use, it's, it's um, broad scope in terms of, yes, it can achieve this and maybe it's not as, uh, you know, effective in, in some areas as some of your analogue choices or some of your other choices. Yep. However, the breadth of all the other functionality that it offers, it just makes it really a really robust solution to get your message out there effectively. It does. And I think, you know, also as well, 
the machine learning that sits behind these systems as well gets smarter and smarter with every mm. passing year. Mm. And I think, you know, um, like I was, uh, we, we had a, a panel event on Friday and I was speaking to a media agency on, on our panel. And, you know, they were saying increasing now with some of their clients that are almost like mass communication clients, they're saying like now, you know, increasingly you don't do any targeting at all. Yeah. So literally you say, okay, I'm going to spend $2,000 or $20,000, whatever the number is, but I'm I'm going to spend wherever I'm going to spend. And I just want to go out to people who are older than 20. Yes. In Australia, go for your life. You know, whereas previously we would have been analyzing the target segments down to the nth degree. And like nowadays with the, the things like the Facebook pixel, which I'm sure we'll probably talk about a bit more later on, you know, um, like the, 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 the intelligence that hits behind these systems, you can say, well, look, here's my money. Here's what I'm selling. Just show it to people you think would be interested. And yes. again, it just goes. So yes. we've also got to be mindful of behind the scenes, the advances in the, the insights are just absolutely staggering. Yeah. So, so I think there's that as well. Like these are really, really clever, clever systems. Yeah. So yeah. I think, you know, all of these things taken together do make it pretty appealing. But yeah. what I would say is, you know, particularly the, the Facebook, which is the industry leader. And again, Instagram is part of Facebook. So we don't really talk about them differently. Definitely. They're the same yeah. thing from a marketer's point of view anyway. Yeah. Um, you know, like nowadays, the, the, the scope of what you can do in there is so great. One thing I do think is a negative is that um, just I don't think people really get it. Like the yes. complexity yes. Is, is so great now. Yes. Um, yeah, you're right. Um, you're right. Yeah, I think radio and TV and print, the simplicity of it is really yeah. easy to, to understand. And whilst we can't get the feedback loop from yeah. those to be, na- to, to be able to optimise those, they're simple. Like it's pretty yeah. easy to understand how, you know, to put a TV together and how a TV ad together and how that works. Yeah. Um, and, and, and because they've been around for so long as well, I guess, and this is new. Like this is, in, compared to those, it's, it's, it's relatively new. I think, I think as well, Jane, what I would add to that too is, is understanding what they're good for. Yes. So, so let's be clear, like, you know, social media, it has reach, it has time spent per person per day. It's got incredible targeting. It just gets more and more sophisticated all the time. I mean, you know, we, we could go on all day. Um, but it's not great for every business outcome. It's yeah. not great for every business outcome. Uh, and it's not great in every industry either. Like if you look at the data on, say, Instagram engagement, so I'm not yeah. even talking about ads or anything, I'm talking about like engagement on Instagram. Two thirds of the interaction on Instagram skews towards five industries. You know, it skews yeah. towards fashion, fashion yeah. uh, auto, food. retail, and e-commerce. Mm. Not even food. Really? You know, no. If, according to Social Bakers' data. Yeah, yeah. So if, you, if you're not in one of those five industries, doing well on Instagram is actually quite tough. Mm. You know, if you are yeah. in one of those five industries, you, I'll vouch for that. Yeah. You've got the keys to the platform. So, for example, yeah. like ASMK, like, in a non pandemic, we would normally train about probably 1,500 people a year across Australia and New Zealand and have done for a decade. Yeah. And we will regularly get people from sort of brands uh, like, you know, like, and they don't even have to be very big, but, you know, sometimes you might get like a fake tan brand or yeah. you know somebody who sells tea on instagram and lives in byron or something like you know you, you so you'll often have people who come on and to a course and they'll talk about the amazing results they're getting and they yeah. think it's because of a rare unique skill that they possess <laughs> and in actual fact you just work in fashion 
Yes. You know, like if yes. you took if you took your tactics that you employ, hundred percent, and you did them for an accounting practice, I can assure 100%. you, it would be tumbleweed. Yeah. And this is the thing which which I think is not often spoken about. You know, yes, social media um, uh, has a lot of things going for it, but some industries over-index in terms of performance, and then that leads to this misinterpretation that everyone's going to get crazy results, and it it doesn't work in every industry, and it doesn't – and even then – often it's about how to make it work for your business. So, you know, for example, for SMK, like nowadays more and more, we tend to use social media predominantly for, for, for awareness and lead generation. Yeah. Whereas probably in years gone by, we were more sales centric. So we don't really do a lot of selling on social media nowadays. I think if you, if you were to go back in time and look at our social ad or our social marketing activity, probably three years ago, it was, 20% 20% content, 80% sales. Yeah. Uh, today, yeah. it's, it's, it's entirely content and it's entirely lead generation. And this is the thing. Even in your industry, if, if it does or doesn't work particularly well for you, you've got to find how to, how to use it to help your marketing goals. Yes. So, you know, we can run ads to promote a training event or we can run ads to promote digital excellence and, and they're okay. But the, the return on investment is not that high Whereas if we use it to build our email database and then look to convert people via email, it goes off. Yes. So, yeah. so yeah. I think it's also about how to make it work for your type of business and for your type of vertical. And yeah. again, just making sure you've got the most productive use of your resources, really. Yeah, 100%. Yes, I, I would agree. So... Um, as I said before, you know, I think there's a lot of information out there on Facebook and Instagram and LinkedIn. And let's be honest, you know, the, these are the three channels where small businesses in Australia are most likely to have a business page themselves or even just use on a personal on a personal level. But I want to deep dive into some of the more niche channels. So in particular, YouTube, Snapchat, and TikTok, because I know having spoken to you, you've said there's lots of opportunities. I think particularly in the advertising space on the Snapchat um, channel, you said that that, um, recently that Snapchat's quite affordable and so quite a good Mm -hmm. option perhaps for for small business. YouTube, I know I have heard, you know, for for years that this is so underutilized. You've said it. I went to social media, um, uh, social media marketing world last year and they were all about YouTube. I mean, that's in America and most of, you know, in America it's it's huge. I don't think it's as huge here necessarily or used by businesses as much. It's that's definitely used say. by users. Yeah. Um, and then there's TikTok, which is all kind of up in the air at the moment because who knows if it's going to be around depending on what happens with the, you know, the US and, and, and um, whether countries decide to start cancelling it um, or disallowing it. So, you know, what I see happen a lot, not so much with YouTube because I think a lot of people just don't understand how to use that, but with Snapchat and TikTok, you know, as these become more popular and Gary V starts talking about them and all the rest, yeah. all these small businesses go, yeah, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to go and be on Snapchat or TikTok and they start, you know, turning up um, and, and beca- you know, being in that space with, without sometimes having thought about, well, you know, is this actually where my target audience yeah. is? And I think because of the shiny new thing and the nature of shiny new things, there's a lot of people who do it because they can, not necessarily because they should. But 
But where do you think the power is of, of some of these, you know, of these channels? And, and where do you think the, the use of these channels is um, most relevant? Yeah, um, there, there is, unsurprisingly, like, well, just for some context. So last year, Facebook, obviously industry leader, uh, Facebook turned over $70 billion a year globally, give or take a billion. Um, in that same time frame, LinkedIn did a couple of billion. Um, uh, Snapchat maybe did one billion. TikTok probably didn't do anything. Um, Pinterest probably did about a billion as well, uh, and YouTube did about fifteen billion. So, wow. un- unsurprisingly, yeah. almost all the money in social goes to Facebook. Um, mm. Particularly Facebook and Instagram, obviously, as a combined entity. So, I think the first thing to establish is. The lion's share of investment, as you pointed out, Jane, does go to to, to Facebook and Instagram. Um, the thing that Facebook and Instagram gives us uh, is scale. And the only thing that can compete with them is YouTube. So YouTube, just like Facebook, and again, Facebook and Instagram are the same thing, so just let's just call it all Facebook. Um, only So the top three digital properties in Australia uh, is Google number one in terms of reach. So Google reaches 93% of adults that use the internet. Um, Facebook reaches about 80% and YouTube reaches about 80% as well. Mm. So, so YouTube and Facebook are, in terms of scale, are comparative. But again, just for context, you know, last, last year Facebook made $70 billion, give or take. YouTube made $15 billion. They're the same size. Yeah. Uh, in fact, you know, YouTube is significantly bigger than Instagram, significantly bigger than Instagram. And according to Bloomberg, because Facebook doesn't break out the individual data for each platform, according to Bloomberg, last year, Insta did about 20 billion. So Instagram is a fraction of the size of YouTube, but yet it, it got significantly more marketing investment. And, you know, with, with that in mind, YouTube is a classic example of not a niche platform. It's a mass platform. Yeah. It's a mass platform used by 80% of Australians that barely anyone in marketing properly makes use of. Yeah. And with YouTube, we, we regularly refer to YouTube as the best large scale underexploited marketing opportunity that there is. Wow. Like there isn't, you know, like, you know, like Snapchat, TikTok, all the rest of them, YouTube's better. It's much bigger. It's much, much bigger. It reaches much more people. Um, And also YouTube is the home of video on the internet. One thing I think Facebook does a fantastic job of is it does a great job of convincing marketing people that it's where the action is at when it isn't, Um, which is impressive. Really? Um, yeah, because you know it's you know the the average according to Social Bakers we had it on our blog earlier this year the average Facebook watch time is about six seconds. Yes, video. Yeah, you know so so YouTube. If you think about it, like one way we often think about Facebook and YouTube is it's a bit like you know no one goes to Facebook or Instagram to watch video. You know, you go there because you're bored, you go there to connect, you go there because you've been trained to go there. Like, but no one goes there to watch video. You'll watch a video when you're there, but that wasn't your motivation for going yeah. there. Yeah. So this is why we find with Facebook and Instagram, Instagram's rubbish for video. You yeah. know, with Facebook and Instagram, both of them are very weak when it comes to video. What about um, the IGTV with, with, with video? Is that getting traction? Um, it, 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 
it appears to be getting better because Instagram earlier this year announced that they were going to start hosting ads in IGTV content. Now you can only really do that if there's enough inventory to sell. Yeah. By the very virtue that they're going to trial ads in IGTV content, that obviously means there must be enough attention there now. Right. So it's still not good, but it's better than it was. Right. So I don't don't think YouTube is particularly concerned by IGTV in the slightest. Right. So, So with YouTube, YouTube, you know, one way we often think about YouTube is, you know, Facebook in a way for, 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 for an off, you know, for an analog analogy, Facebook is like, you know, someone who's maybe channel hopping on Foxtel or Sky or whatever. Um, whereas YouTube is going to the cinema, you know, so it's a different type of attention, isn't it? Yes. Okay, so with, yes. with YouTube, the person is there to watch a video. That's why they went there. That's the only yeah. thing you can do there. Yeah. So, so YouTube, from a video performance, absolutely obliterates everyone. And in fact, YouTube on its own is responsible for hoovering up about 13% of the internet. So the, the number one property that consumes the internet is Netflix. Netflix eats up 15% of global bandwidth. Wow. YouTube eats up about 12 to 13%. You know, so, so YouTube video consumption daily would literally be more than every single social network combined. So... Wow. From, from a user point of view, the users are there. And, you know, I think most years YouTube has even voted the best app in the app store. It's in the top three. So to your point, Jane, Australian consumers are there and they are there in droves, but Australian marketers are not. Which Why? Is- Why aren't they, James? Uh, oh, I think there's a few reasons. I think, well, interestingly, when I was speaking to uh, one of the media agency organisations that we worked with the other day, they were saying that one of the reasons why sometimes bigger media agencies might not recommend YouTube is because of the way the kickbacks work in media buying. So, oh, really? Yeah. Wow. So, so sometimes it doesn't get it doesn't get put up because there isn't necessarily the rebates that are as good as you would get with something another type of media. So that 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 doesn't help. But obviously, that's not something which is obviously communicated to the industry at large. Um, it's wow. a bit like price comparison sites. You know, is that really the best home insurance or is that the one where they're getting the biggest commission? Yes. So, so, so depending, how you buy, depending on how you buy media, that could be a part of it. could be to do with rebates. The other thing um, I think is YouTube historically was, was a branding channel and very good at it as well if used effectively. And I think for a lot of people who run online marketing activity, we're looking for quick wins. Yes. And, yes. You know, like YouTube's YouTube's background is in is it like TV? You know, it's in brand yeah. awareness yeah. and reach. So recently, YouTube has introduced some direct response mechanisms. So you've got like TrueView for Action now and things like that. And you know, Google Shopping campaigns coming into YouTube. So they're short term wins as well. Yeah. So I think, you know, if you look at the last twenty years of internet marketing, almost all the money has gone into short term direct response type activity. And that's not really what YouTube was particularly strong at. It's got better, but that's not really its heritage. So I think, you know, YouTube is primarily or was primarily a branding vehicle. And if you don't want brand, brand, but you want leads for your business or the phone to ring, YouTube yeah. probably wasn't the best place to drive that. Yeah. I, I think part of it is, is an outcomes thing. Like, you know, we, we, I've had many conversations with people over the years who've said, well, we did this on YouTube and it, and it didn't make it X didn't happen work. or Y happen. And, and we always say, well, YouTube comparatively is sort of more top of the funnel. 
Yes. So, you know, YouTube, because you know, again, if I go to YouTube, I'm there to watch videos. Yeah. I'm not there to, to inquire about getting some new windows fitted. I'm not there to, um, you know, like I'm in for the long haul. I'm going to watch the office clips for four hours. Do you know what I yes. mean? Yes. So, yeah. So I think with YouTube, it tends to sit quite high in the funnel. Um, and again, a lot of people want quick returns and they don't know how to get them on YouTube. And then when they run a video campaign and they don't get a quick return, they say it doesn't work. But mm. really, I think you often find with YouTube is a bit of a, a bit of a tactical misalignment. So a misalignment yeah. between what your business wants to achieve and then the tactics you're actually employing. And again, they're out of kilter, which, which, yeah. is, often, which is actually quite common across the board. So yeah. I, I think that doesn't help either. And I would say just lastly, I think YouTube is, is as a platform from, from because there's, there's obviously two sides, just like there is on everywhere else. There's, there's a paid side and there's an organic side to run YouTube ads really goes via Google ads manager. Yeah. From a practical point of view is a horrible piece of software. Yeah. It's got better recently, but a lot of people really struggle to get their head around Google ads manager. So there's an next, like, how do I even do this? Yes. And then on the organic front, you know, YouTube has its own internal systems, uh, just like the Facebook algorithm, the Instagram algorithm, you've got to learn and understand. Yeah. And unless you're prepared to put in the hard yards and understand those, you're not going to do anything for free. So just sticking a video on YouTube is going to do nothing. So yeah. yes. I, I think there are some, some, some barriers there which have inhibited it. But certainly, you know, for anyone looking for non-Facebook marketing opportunities that have scale, YouTube is yeah. probably the only one. You know, the likes of Snapchat, TikTok, Pinterest, um, uh, any others you can think of, they're niche opportunities. And as such, they would be appropriate for some businesses, but not all businesses. In fact, yes. probably not most businesses. So yeah. if you look at like Snapchat, as you mentioned, Jay, Snapchat is actually a really good marketing channel, but it skews uh, very much towards 25 and below. Yeah. So in fact, if you look at the Snapchat data for Australia for 13 to 18 year olds, it probably has more than Facebook and Instagram or yeah. at least comparative. So, yeah. so what's sometimes misleading is, you know, you say, okay, well, Facebook is this big and Instagram is that big. And, but, but when you start to split out the audiences of these platforms by, by age cohorts, it's, it's, you know, like Facebook is better than Snapchat in most age brackets, but not all age brackets. So if you're an Australian business that wants to speak to people under the age of 25, Snapchat is massively underused and it's comparative to Instagram and much yeah. because, you know, nowadays I think with, with any form of social activity, um, broadly speaking, you, you, you do it organically or you run ads. And, you know, I think in, in most of them nowadays, the, the thing that we generally recommend, if you're trying to guarantee an outcome, it's got to be paid, you know, yeah. The organic side of Instagram, the organic side of Facebook, the organic side of YouTube, it's very, very imprecise. So at best, it's its some non-specific reach, but at worst, it's totally ineffective. So I think if you're trying to drive a business outcome, it's, it's got to be ads, which is upsetting if you don't have any money for ads. But <laughs> Yeah, so, get some money for ads. Yeah. yeah or or yeah. just do something different. You know? Yes. Um, yeah. So I, I think with that in mind, with Snapchat, if you did want to speak to Australians, say, 23, 24, 25, um, running Snapchat ads would be cheap as chips because at the moment, not enough marketers use the platform, but the audience is good. Yeah. So if you think about it, in all environments, you know, when you buy ads in Pinterest or Google or Twitter or anywhere else for that matter, it's an auction. So it's it, it, supply and demand. You know? Yeah. 
yeah. so the demand in in non Facebook networks is quite low, mm. uh, which is what can make it quite good value. So Snapchat is fab if you want to speak to Aussies, probably sub twenty five. Yeah. And if you don't want to speak to Australians sub twenty five, then don't bother. Yeah. Yeah. And, and TikTok, I would put in a similar bracket, but right. very quickly with TikTok, um, again, TikTok skews young. Yeah. So the age bracket skews young, sort of similar to Snapchat. Um, but TikTok has an unproven as yet advertising solution. Mm. So I, 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 unless you're a big brand with lots of money and you can be experimental, I would not really be advocating for anyone to run ads on TikTok because they only launched it like four months ago. Um, and you tend to find in the first probably six to 18 months of an ad product launching, it's very, very buggy. So I wouldn't want to spend my money on an unproven system when I can use Snapchat and reach the same people and it works. So the other thing as well with TikTok, to your point, Jane, is, is it even going to exist uh, by Christmas? Uh, or if it does, in what guise? So I think, I think for a lot of businesses, particularly smaller businesses, I think it's a massive distraction at the moment. And I think, you know, for, for a lot of us, particularly if you're a small organization, you know, SNK is not particularly big. We've got quite a small internal team. Um, I, I think it's about just being clear on where you're going to drive the result that you want. Um, yes. there's a lot of stuff in social that, that we don't do as a business that we would love to do, but we just can't because we're not big enough. Yes. And I think the key is probably to find three or four things irrespective of platform, but three or four things that, that can work for you and just do those. Yeah. So, you know, generally speaking, like for us, we use social media to, to, to build awareness, to build a database and then email does the heavy lifting. So for us as a business, we don't sell on social because it doesn't work. And I know that because we've tried it a lot for a very long time. So for us then, like I said, we, we, we run campaigns to build awareness, which is generally content marketing. We then run lead magnets to get people into a database and then we close via email. And that's all we do. Simple. Um, yeah. yeah. And I think, you know, there are a lot of things you can do across all the social platforms, which will eat up a lot of time, but yes. don't necessarily yield organizational oh. value. Absolutely. And, and I would say uh, businesses who are persisting with their organic um, social media stuff without actually investing in the paid stuff, that's exactly what's happening. That, yeah. you know, feeding that organic beast is a lot of effort for generally, you know, very little return. And whilst you're not actually transacting, you're not paying money for that, you're actually spending something that a lot of small businesses don't have, which is valuable time, you know, in, in getting that. And as you said, you know, for those very, very lucky businesses that seem to, you know, go great guns on Instagram simply because they are e-commerce or fashion or whatever, yeah, they're rocking the organics. And I think they set false expectations for Agreed. the rest of us. And, and I agree. Like my experience with my Dragonfly Marketing Instagram page is just, you know, in the organic feed, it's abysmal. It is yeah. abysmal, abysmal, yeah. abysmal results. Where we seem to get um, okay results is in IGTV yeah. and where we get the most results is in the stories feature. Um, yeah. and, and that kind of, again, is, is more for our brand and, and our awareness. And, and we're the same with you. You know, we've experienced the same thing. We probably use it more for top of funnel, middle funnel. Yeah. And there are businesses who can use it to sell stuff. There are plenty of businesses who are using that platform to, to kind of um, 
leverage the whole funnel, top, yeah. middle, and and then make that sale as well. But for us, we're kind of, yeah, top and, and middle and then into the email or, you know, other channels to convert. Exactly. What I would add to that, Jane, is, you know, those organisations who are fortunate enough to, to get good results without committing media spend, yeah. um, it's, 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 it's only going to be there for a bit longer and yes. then that'll be gone. Um, and I think, you know, without being, I don't mean to sound massively pessimistic, it's just how the systems work, you know, like it's, it's, um, you know, you get these opportunities for a while and then, and then gradually little by little by little by little by little by little, it hemorrhages. But the thing is you've become dependent on it. So then you've got to start buying the ads anyway. So I think, you know, it's how you use, I mean, and again, with that in mind, if, if you, if you can get fab results without yeah with just a lot of elbow grease but yeah. no no ad spend then 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 great and and in fact what i would say is if you're getting fab results with just putting some elbow grease in and a lot of hard yards because you're in one of the industries that the platform lends itself to well whatever you're doing do it more yeah. um because the organic opportunity you have is on borrowed time and even year on year, you know, Instagram engagement is down uh, year on year. Instagram organic reach is down year on year. Stories are down year on year. It's already happening. It has is, ha- is happening. So, and and what I'm waiting for, and I think you might have even said this at one of the sessions I attended of yours, was was the group. So at the moment, you know, Facebook is all gung ho in terms of you know encouraging small businesses and and mm-hmm. and people to kind of start these groups, and it's. Um, easy to do this and it seems to be getting some pretty good results but a couple of small businesses that I've spoken to recently have said oh I'm just you know building up my instead of actually building a database using their social media channels to build an email database they've said I'm just going to email the group and use the you know eat sorry I'm just going to build and drive people to the group and build the group Mm -hmm. and that's where I'm going to nurture people instead of the email database but something I've said to them is exactly what you've said which is, yeah, but just be careful with what Facebook does with that group because at the moment you'll get great results. But as soon as that they see that that has had mass, you know, um, consumption yeah. and it's got mass use, that they'll actually start reducing your organic reach and they'll start 100%. charging. Do you know what I mean? It's, that's yeah. inevitable, I guess. No, but, but I think I think it's a few things. I think it's, it's you know, it's it's it doesn't matter who you are or how good you are at social media. You don't own that audience and yeah. you never will. Uh, yeah. Mark Zuckerberg does if it's on Facebook and Instagram. Yeah. So, so, you know, if we go back to, to media, obviously you've got earned, owned and paid media. Social media is not owned media. Never mm-hmm. has been, never will be. Um, unless your surname is Zuckerberg. So <laughs> with, with, with your audience in social, irrespective of the channel, you are leasing that audience. And at the moment, the rent you're paying for it is probably quite low, but give it a couple of years, the rent will skyrocket. So I think absolutely probably the most important thing in in internet marketing is to one, uh, be diversified. So, you know, the last thing you want to do is be too dependent on Google search or too dependent on Instagram or too dependent on Pinterest because all it takes is a couple of policy changes on that platform. And all of a sudden you're in a world of pain. Also, there's a lot of organizations I've seen recently. I don't know if you've seen this, Jane, with any of your clients but, or, or even businesses that you, that you network with where you're based. But I've seen a lot of people having problems with ad rejections and ad account suspensions. Yes, I've had um, problems with that recently. Yeah. Yep. And, and it's very hard to recover from that. And, you know, if, if companies like Instagram and Facebook, like they're so big now that, like, if there's a problem with your account, 
well, tough. You're a nobody. And even if you're a somebody, it's still really hard to get it fixed. So, so I think with that in mind, it's really risky to be totally dependent on any one channel, whether that's Google or Facebook. Um, so much like back in the day, it was with the yellow pages. And you see this in a lot of industries. So they call them aggregators. So you have aggregator platforms like Seek, like Expedia, like car sales. You know, they're these sort of, you know, these sort of monsters in their respective industry or vertical and everything kind of goes through them. And the more people that use them, the network effect builds and, you know, I'd say someone like Expedia and, and booking.com and people like that, you know, back in the day, um, if you wanted to list a hotel or a bed and breakfast on one of those platforms, you used to play, you used to pay a flat monthly fee. Yeah. And then it went from being a flat monthly fee to a proportion of the booking. Yes. And then it went from being a proportion of a booking to a massive portion of the booking. So over time, you know, these, these large players, whether it's Expedia or car sales or any other, they're like parasites. And I see, you see this in the property sector. And I'm sure, Jane, you've probably got property clients you work with and whatnot. Like you see this in the real estate industry. Like if you are a, a broker or an agent in Australia, you cannot not be on realestate.com.au even if you hate them you can't not be there because the whole industry runs through there so i think the last thing you ever want to do in any industry is essentially uh, delegate your customer acquisition to or be totally dependent on one platform or one channel so we've always always got to build that in our database make sure you've got a decent website that ranks well and is a good quality destination in its own right so, so really, even if you're a small business, your marketing should begin and end with your own channels that you own. Yeah. And we use the, the real estates of this world and the Facebooks of this world and the Pinterest of this world to, to, to arbitrate sort of um, free or inexpensive ad traffic through to that. But when you get to a point that that platform no longer becomes economical, then you just chuck it in a bit and you move on. And yes. I think this is the thing, like a lot of us sort of pin our long-term hopes on short-term tactics and we don't really invest enough in long-term tactics, which is basically, you know, uh, email, website, and, and even possibly SMS or ma- you know, internal magazines or, you know, word of mouth or well, word of mouth is yeah. our own media. But do you see what I mean? Like, a lot yeah. of the time we put our, our business future in yeah. things which actually could change very quickly tomorrow and you would be yeah. most. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that. Amen to everything you've just said then because it's absolutely... Um, I think imperative for small businesses to think of their their marketing in that way. I think the appeal of of social media is because, particularly with Facebook and Instagram, and and you know if if you're a bit younger or even a bit funkier than I am, Snapchat and and TikTok because you can get on it and you can understand it and you can kind of see the the scope there. And then I think you're lulled into this false sense of security that you can use this channel for free or for very little cost. So it becomes the kind of next best thing for your marketing. And it is in some ways. You know, there's so many things that we can achieve using these channels but it's not the only thing. Do you know what I mean? It's part of the puzzle and to limit your thinking to just within that channel itself or the, the social media channels that you use, you are, you are really, I think, taking a risk in terms of, of your marketing. I think that's the right way to describe it. I think it is a risk. Yeah. Know, I think being heavily dependent on that. And, and also as well, like it's uh, according to, to Facebook, there's about 160 million 
businesses or organizations active across the Facebook network. So that incorporates Instagram and WhatsApp as well. So 160 million businesses worldwide active there. Um, of those, I think about maybe 8 million, 9 million run ads. So overwhelmingly, most people active on the platform are not running paid campaigns. Yeah. Um, but I think like, again, and, and, you know, as someone who's built startups from scratch and I mean, SMK's been running for 10 years, but like, we're still not particularly big in terms of headcount or anything like in small business environments or smaller business environments or startups, we, we need an element of certainty over our results and there's only two ways you can get that. One is via owned media, which we've obviously been talking about. So that's in a lot of cases, email. Um, yeah. Yep. And the other one is ads, you know, like yeah. it makes my head explode where you have businesses of all shapes and sizes who rely on the organic side of social media yeah. to drive their business outcomes. Yeah. Um, and I think what we always say to people, look, plan A should be your owned media channel because you don't have to spend anything on that. So if you're a local, you know, if you're a local car dealership and you've got an email database of 8,000 people in it, you could spend no money on customer acquisition this month and still generate some leads and sales from that database. 100%. So, so plan A really needs to be owned media. Plan B is paid media because, again, you can control your results. You can control the targeting. You can sort of dial it up if you're winning. You can dial it down if you're losing. You can completely reinvent it within two days if you need to. Yeah. But it does work. Um, and then obviously plan plan C should be the organic side of things. Yeah. Because yes, we can get great free exposure on Instagram and TikTok, but A, does it really work? We don't know because we don't know who we're really reaching. Uh, and B, you know, what happens if they change the algorithm tomorrow? Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah. so I think plan A in a small business environment needs to be your own channels. Plan B is, is advertising and plan C is, is the free stuff. And again, yeah. treat the free stuff as cream. Yes. You know? Yeah, if, that's if, right disappears tomorrow then oh well that was good i've got quite a lot of exposure for free for like five years um so and, and also i think as well like where we're seeing the free side of social players getting a little bit more challenging to come by now you know all of a sudden i think things like pr and media relations are starting to look a, a lot better again yeah because it's like well look you can slog your guts out on instagram and speak to a few hundred people, or you could just try and run one press story in a local newspaper and reach five times as many people. So, so I think, you know, there used to be this discrepancy between, you know, PR and social, and then they sort of came to become similar things. But I think potentially the return on investment on PR is, I think looking a lot better nowadays than a lot of organic social media stuff is. I mean, the average Mm -hmm. reach for a Facebook page is one to 5%. So we see lots of organizations working very, very, very hard every month to literally speak to like 4,000 people erratically. Yeah. Whereas, you know, you could maybe allocate one fifth of that time and get a couple of stories on the TV and radio and print in a regional area, which would be far greater than you would have got from your Facebook page in a month of slog. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Great point. Great point. Yeah. Um, okay. So You've answered a lot of my questions around TikTok and Snapchat and and where and you know where and why and how they should be be used. Um, and I think because TikTok and Snapchat are that just that little bit more niche, I just want to deep dive further into to YouTube because clearly that's where you see there's an opportunity. You know, certainly it's it's what the narrative is that's coming out of any social media expert. You know, it's 
absolutely massive in the States or it's used, I was going to say, oh, it's, it's used, I should say, by a lot more businesses in the, in the US quite successfully. But as you've pointed out, people are there on YouTube. Now, my experience, James, is exactly what you described before. I've, you know, put videos on there and they literally, like even with Facebook, you put a video on and you can see that like 56 people or, you know, 560 people yeah. have seen it and then there might be a few people that liked it. But because, because you're kind of, I guess, there's other ways for you to build your community, you've, yeah. you've got followers and that sort of stuff. But when you put a video on YouTube, mm. it is tumbleweed, absolute yeah. tumbleweed, unless you actually drive people to it. And, and any videos that we've, we've put on YouTube, we've driven people there typically by email. And even then, like such a small result. Yep. I've never advertised on YouTube. Mm -hmm. But if someone wanted to, because I want to, and, I'm, and I, I think there's a lot of my clients that would want to, if someone wants yep. to, to really leverage YouTube, mm -hmm. organic and paid, where do they start? What, are, what do I'd they do? I'd start with ads. I'd start with paid. It's easier. Really? Um, right. It's quicker. Um, so, I mean, what I would say just on the Facebook side, those videos you're getting tumbleweed on YouTube, you're probably also getting tumbleweed on Facebook as well. Because Facebook <laughs> makes it look better. Facebook that's is it, that's if it's organic, yes. Yeah, let, yeah. Yeah. Facebook yeah. is much better at dressing up terrible results than YouTube is. YouTube won't sugarcoat it. They'll be like, no one's watched it because it's rubbish. Whereas <laughs> Facebook will be like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, these many people watch one second of it. That's good. You're like, what? <laughs> one second? That's crap as well. So I think that's been clear, right? A lot of the video that you think is doing well on Facebook is not. And, and when you scratch the surface on the numbers, you can see that. So, so that's, that's one thing I would, I would say. Like to Facebook, I think it's a great marketer of Facebook. Uh, I think they do a great job at presenting things in a certain way. And when you delve deeper and you get the truth, it's, it's a lot more YouTube-esque. Um, so, so with, with YouTube, um, well, well, so I would start with ads um, because they're quicker to get up, uh, quicker to see a result um, or not, uh, and therefore quicker to improve. You know, And even if you run an activity and it doesn't work out so well, that doesn't mean you shouldn't do it. It just means you haven't figured it out yet. Yes. And this is the thing. Like, you know, There's a lot of instances where people say Pinterest is rubbish or Facebook's rubbish or Google's rubbish. And in a lot of cases, it was an executional issue. Yes. So, so with YouTube, the good thing about, I suppose, if you wanted to, the good thing about kicking off with, with ads first is you can spend like 50 bucks, see how you go, and then build it up from there once you have proof of concept. Whereas the organic stuff, you could spend a lot of time slogging away at that before you even know that it's worth doing. So, so yeah. that's what I would think about. Um, now with YouTube, if you're going to run YouTube paid campaigns, that will go via Google Ads Manager. Mm -hmm. um, when you use Google Ads Manager, um, it's not the most intuitive tool to use. Um, and when you go to make a Google ad campaign, just like you do on Facebook, the first thing we'll say to you is what outcome do you want to drive? So you don't, you don't start with YouTube. You start with the business outcome. So right. do you want to drive sales? Do you want to drive traffic? Do you want to drive? What, what's the outcome you want to drive? And then subject to which outcome you choose, YouTube may or may not come up as an option. So interesting. So okay. you don't start with video. You don't start with YouTube. You start with the outcome you want to drive. And with that in mind, I think with YouTube, what I would say 
is YouTube is good for, uh, for reach and awareness. So if you want to build awareness, it's good. If you want to use, if you want to drive traffic or you want to drive inquiries, it probably is, 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 is less that, I mean, it's getting better in that space, but that's not really YouTube's sort of heritage. So mm. if you want to run awareness campaigns or branding, I think YouTube is great. Um, it is getting better for, for, for driving uh, actions, but that's not really its, its, its background. So it's direct response stuff is improving. But I think if you want direct response from your video, I probably would go towards Facebook because I think Facebook has a higher click-through rate. So right. it depends a little bit, I think, Jane, on the, on the what, do you, what do you actually want to do. So if you want to try and drive leads and inquiries from video, you might find if it's paid, you might find that Facebook is better. Um, but if you're looking for awareness, then you might find that YouTube is better. So again, it sort of really depends on what we're trying to drive rather than anything else. And again, do remember that YouTube ads go via Google ads manager and you'll choose. And this is the first thing they'll say, what marketing outcome do you want? Yeah. It may well be that YouTube is not even the most suitable thing for you to do within yeah. the Google ad platform. Yeah. And, and when, then what, so, so I imagine when you run, yeah. So, so when you run a YouTube ad, depending on what objective you're, you're looking to achieve. So your ads run, but they run as like, so, so say some, someone's gone to YouTube to watch a um, video on, you know, how to read a PL sheet. So they're a small business owner and they're like, how do I read a PL sheet? So you've chosen for your YouTube ads to appear in front of small business owners who are interested in business. Let's keep it simple. So then they, they then your ad can appear through somebody else's video or at the most commonly it appears at the beginning of yeah, someone's nice. video. Most commonly, most people skip ad unless you've attract the, attracted their attention in that first three seconds. And then I guess if they do watch it, well, then they're becoming aware of you and and that's all well and great. What about the people that want to actually build the YouTube channel? So the people who want to kind of, like Marie Folio, for example, what about those people who want to build? Because that seems to be what a lot of American, you know, business owners do is they build the channel on YouTube itself. So rather than just using the actual advertising to drive people to the website or drive awareness or whatever, they're actually building their channel on, on YouTube. Would you use YouTube ads for that or would you try and do the organic thing for that? No, you can use it to help that. Um, Although, I mean, with, with YouTube, I think people sort of, it's a system in its own right. So if you want to do the organic thing, which can work really, really well. It's kind of like a hybrid, really. Like it's a bit like, it's almost like a fusion of what you would do on Facebook and, and Instagram plus search engine optimization. So it yes. tends to be a bit of a SEO, social media hybrid. Yes. And with that in mind, like to get the best results on YouTube, you sort of need to think like an SEO person might. Mm. And in fact, for anyone who does want to do this, and it is a good idea um, if you've got the capacity, do a quick Google search on YouTube SEO and you'll find about 200 blog posts which just have a summary of the kind of things that you can do that do have a positive impact. There's a great blog in the US for SEO, um, which is very practical and helpful for for non-specialists called Backlinko. And um, he's got some really good guides on lots of different things. Um, but he's got a decent one, which he's updated a few years running now on YouTube SEO. 
And it talks about like how to name your video, how to do the description of the video, how long should the video be, and an explanation of YouTube's internal algorithm, which is called watch time. So, so one of the main things YouTube really wants to grow is the amount of people who watch videos and the amount of time they watch them for. So there's lots of sort of you know, tips and tricks that you'd pick up, which I think would be very practical and very uh, effective. It just takes a little while. So, yeah. you know, like there's a good example um, on a good Australian example, actually called the property couch, which okay. is um, a couple of guys, actually there's, there's a, it's a, it's a small property investing sort of wealth management business. I think the business is called empower wealth management, but um, the, they've got a podcast, which is a really popular one called the property couch. And if you go and have a look at the property couch, if you go and have a look at Empower Wealth Management, um, I think they, they're an example of a relatively small Australian business that uses YouTube really, really well. And they tie it in with a podcast. So the property couch is their podcast and they've sort of got that tied in. And you know, one of the good things that you get about YouTube from an organic point of view as well is you get almost like an SEO benefit because Google brings up a video result on roughly one in five Google searches. So there's 65,000 Google searches every second and about 13,000 of them are going to bring up a video. Yeah. If you don't have video in YouTube, you're not going to be one of the ones that comes up. So yes. I think certainly one of the benefits you can get from YouTube from an organic point of view is you don't just get the benefit of people who go onto YouTube, which is 80% of Australians. You also get the search crossover benefit as well. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah. If, you've got the, if you've got the bandwidth, um, there's, you know, I, I think, and again, you, to me, it comes down to, you know, but when you think about investing in any channel, it comes down to, um, like how hard is it really? And mm. what do you really have to put in and how often do you really have to do it? Mm. So if you create a YouTube channel, um, and you added maybe, I don't know, as many videos as you could each month and just did it every month. And then took the time to read blog posts from Backlinko on YouTube SEO. You'd start to name your videos correctly. You start to get your descriptions right. Yeah, a bit like you said, Jane, you're tight in with your email. Like if, it's, if you can sort of get it so it's systematic, yeah. then, then give it, you know, three, six, 12 months, 18 months, 24 months. All of a sudden, you've actually built up this, this quite um, – uh, a powerful re repository mm. again, like you know like we always like even with igtv like i wouldn't recommend going out of your way for any one channel i would just you know do video and then just create an edit for the channels yeah for igtv for youtube so here's the youtube cut here's the facebook cut here's the instagram cut and just do it like that so i think what you tend to find is particularly content marketing a lot of people will create their content with a particular placement in mind. Yeah. And by placement, I mean like Instagram stories, that's a placement. Yeah. Um, the problem is if you're all in on one placement, even if it's a good one, if it doesn't really work, then you've just wasted a morning. <laughs> Whereas um, if you, if you cut it for different environments, you spread your risk. Yes. Um, and to me, that's what, that's how I would treat YouTube. So I'd be like, look, you know, like for your business, Jane, like if you want to do more there on the organic front, you know, read a couple of articles on YouTube SEO, take you about half an hour. Not particularly difficult. It's pretty obvious stuff once you actually get into it. Um, yeah. You know, um, pop some videos on there as much as you can afford each month and buy afford. I mean, don't spend a lot of money on, I mean, time afford Yeah. You know, as many as you can, just do it every month, 
and, and you know, give it, give it three, six, 12 months, 18 months and beyond that just builds and builds and builds and builds and builds. And I think with YouTube, you know, when you read some of those blog posts, they always talk as well about, you know, build your subscriber base. And, you know, like there's another really good example of an Australian um, video blog, which is a, which on, on YouTube, which is called um, Primal Video by a guy called Justin Brown. Yeah. Brilliant. Absolutely fantastic repository about how to um, uh, do anything to do a video yourself. So he's like a producer, cameraman by trade. He's got this fantastic repository on YouTube. Um, well, one, you can learn loads of good stuff there anyway. But he's built that up over, you know, probably two, three, four years. And it's incredible. You know, and I think, you know, you'll start to learn that actually, look, if, you know, we can probably build up YouTube without necessarily breaking the bank we can probably build up youtube without a huge amount of effort we've just got to play the game on the seo front and make content which is good mm-hmm. you know build up your subscribers gradually over time and you know i i think yeah exactly just like with, with empower wealth management the property couch primal video or you know small businesses probably getting outsized results from videos they made six months ago or three years ago Yes. Yeah. That's unreal. That's unreal. That's exactly what, and I think that's probably where personally I've fallen down is, you know, I've, I've maybe done it for three weeks or four weeks. It's the cardinal sin. It's exactly what I tell small businesses not to do all the time, but you know, I've done it and that's, you know, just do it for three or four weeks and get absolutely no results. I was like, that doesn't work. (laughs) Bored. Okay. I'm, I'm moving on. So, but yeah, as you said, it's, it's the execution and, and just not having that patience in terms of the SEO. And that's certainly what at Social Media Marketing World, that's what they, you know, it was all about the title and the and the yeah. thumbnail and the, you know, not so much the tags, but, yeah, that content in terms of, of using and, those keywords. And I think also as well with, with, with YouTube too, like, again, if you, if you don't, I don't think there's anything wrong with not doing it, you know, like at SMK, we don't, you yeah. know, we, we, we want to, and we've been yeah. threatening to do it for about a year, if not longer, like do a big push on YouTube. The reason why we haven't is a pandemic struck and we're a bit, we're a bit strapped for time now. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like don't feel inadequate if you're not doing these things. Like yeah. there is hundreds of ideas that we have and things that we know would be helpful and advantageous that we'd love to do, but we just, we just don't because we, we don't have the capacity. And I think, you know, good strategy is not just about what you're going to do. It's about what you're not going to do. Yes, 100%. So, so, yeah. so we do a small number of things and we try and do them really, really well. And as yeah. a result, we get outsized results because we don't do a lot, you know, yeah, yeah. Um, there's lots of stuff that we would, we would like to do if we were slightly bigger, if we were a yeah. slightly bigger team, if we had a little bit more media budget to play with, but we don't. And I think it's the thing like, you know, if you can, if you're prepared to, if you want to do, if you want to do that whole YouTube thing, which is a good idea, um, do understand that obviously you need to be consistent. You've got to learn the system uh, and it will take you probably six months to 18 months to really start seeing some good results from that. But from then on after that, it just becomes a basic process. Like, you know, we will eventually for SMK do the YouTube stuff we want to do. Yeah. But it's just, it's just the opportunity cost. Like for us right now, you know, we've got a much bigger fo- focus on events. We've got a much as in virtual events, which yeah. we do loads of those now. We just did one last week and it absolutely went off. So we're going to be a much bigger push on virtual events, particularly Facebook events. Um, we're really investing in CRM and marketing automation. So, so, you know, I think as long as you're 
if, 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 if you find opportunities in your business, whatever your business is, just find something that's moving the needle and then double, triple down on down, that. Yeah, yeah. And, and once you've taken that as far as you can take it, then you might introduce a new channel because yeah. after a point, you know, it's only really marginal gains you're going to get. Whereas a brand new channel could bring in a whole new host of business value. So yeah. like I said, yeah. for us as a business, we will do the YouTube thing we have in mind, but right now virtual events and, and CRM are, are our focus, focus. area. Yeah. Um, but we will yeah. get there. And this is yeah. the thing, like even for your business, Jane, like, you know, do it when you can do it well. Yeah. And if that's yeah. Next year, then do it next year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, your advice is so practical and I'm going to use the word again, but that's why I think I really love your programs because you are so practical and all of that, you know, considering that you work in the social media space, you've been so honest about the opportunities and the pitfalls that, you know, any size business will come up against when they're actually, you know, looking and assessing and reviewing some of those channels as to whether they're relevant for them. So I really, really thank you for being so authentic with sharing that information. Um, now, from, from listening to this, I'm sure there's a lot of small businesses that might want to find out more about how they can tap into this because, as I've said, you know, I'm part of that digital excellence program, so I get access to you and all of this insight so regularly, which is amazing because it can keep me, you know, ahead of the game. It's a great thing for, for small businesses. Like you've just got some, you know, standalone programs. So you don't, you know, necessarily have to be part of the membership, but you've got some standalone programs as well that you offer if businesses just want to get their head around, you know, a particular channel or a particular approach. Can you just tell us about how small businesses might be able to, to tap into you and, and SMK to, to learn more about social media and the digital space? Yeah, well, I mean, the, probably the, the, the simplest way, particularly if you don't want to spend any money, is just read the blog. So <laughs> you know, we probably have probably one of the best blogs in Asia Pacific for digital marketing. Um, so if you just go to smk.co, you can see all the content there. So again, if you just sign up for our newsletter, that will keep you up to date with changes and developments as they come through. Um, we also have, uh, as you pointed out, we have our digital excellence program, uh, which starts from only $85 a month. Uh, and with that, we have um, classes that we run every single month, which take you through all of the latest and greatest platform developments. And a bit like we've spoken about today, Jane, it's, it's all very practical stuff. It's very practical stuff that, that um, is, is um, I suppose what we try to do is just, just focus on impact. Um, so there's a lot of stuff you can do that does nothing. So we try to cut through that and say, look, okay, if you're one of these kind of companies, this and this will be good. If you're not, don't bother. Um, yeah. and again, we sort of try and keep it like that. So with the digital excellence program for an individual user that starts for $85, but we've got team plans as well. Um, but also if you want to just deep dive on one subject, cause you just need to get your head around Google analytics, you can just do a Google analytics, uh, e-learning course, which is nice and easy as well. So starting point for everything is just go to smk.co. And if you've got any questions, you can always, um, just sort of get in touch with the website or you can email me at james.fitzgerald at smk.net.au. Awesome. Fantastic. Well, again, thank you so much for sharing all of that insight. Um, I I really just want to go and get like YouTube happening now. <laughs> I'm so impatient and I so shouldn't because I don't have the time. I don't have the, uh, the ability, but I just, I've just, it's been burning there um, for, for so long and, and I feel, feel like it's, it's a platform that I would have a lot of fun with. If I was you, Jane, I would just dovetail it in with your podcast. Yeah, uh, yes. So then it's yeah. not a lot of extra work. And I think 
you know, one of the things which we've been talking a lot about since COVID-19 struck this year in the excellence, in the excellence um, program is just trying to identify compound opportunities. Yes. So you can do one thing and then get four things out of it. So yeah. you do your one podcast that takes care of your podcast, but it also takes care of YouTube. So yes. don't, you know, and again, maybe in time you might want to do it differently, but that's how I would start, you know? Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, that's, if, if you can, if you can, if you can build it into something you're already doing, that would be my recommendation for getting going. Cause you know, I start with these things. Once you're going, you're going, aren't you? Yeah. So again, and maybe if you can just do, if, if I was in your shoes, I would maybe tighten with the podcast, uh, yeah. which a lot of people do anyway. Yeah. Um, and then, and then you can build on that, but at least that's something you already have. You're not going to have right. to have a brand new idea. Yeah, that's right. More practical advice. I, I swear you you must be the most practical person alive. I love it. <laughs> I'm not. So I love it when someone practical comes into my life. That's awesome. <laughs> Thank you once again, Thanks, James. This has been awesome. Brilliant. Cheers, Jane. I could seriously talk with James all day. He's like a human digital marketing fact machine. I have attended and still attend so many of James's social media sessions. And honestly, I learn something new every single time. But what I loved the most about this chat with James is the pragmatic advice that he has to offer small businesses. So when it comes to choosing marketing channels, don't place all of your eggs in one basket. It's a risk. Make sure you are building owned media as well as what you build on social media because what you build on social media is not owned by you. Don't overcommit to social media channels if you can't afford the time and resources to do it well. Note to self, if you are not one of the blessed brands that get to simply show up on social media, like fashion or e-commerce, etc., be prepared to have an ad budget. And check out YouTube. The users are there, but the businesses are not. This could be a great opportunity for your business. Great advice. In fact, such great advice that I spoke with James about making a regular appearance on the show to keep us all up to date with the world of digital marketing. It's so great when we can tap into expert advice from someone who really knows this stuff. It helps to provide clarity and confidence about how we approach something that lies outside the realm of our experience. Now, if you think that you could do with a little more guidance and expertise with your marketing to help ensure that it drives a great return, you may want to check out the How To Do Marketing Academy. This is a program that I've developed for ambitious and motivated small business owners just like you. It's a 12-month program that helps to give you clarity and direction with a customized marketing strategy and tactical plan that's developed by me. We then guide you through 12 months of your recommended marketing activity that's broken down into really easy to follow 90-day tactical marketing plans. These 90-day plans are almost like to-do lists. We give you the order and priority to get each activity done and to help you learn how to do the marketing on your list, we conduct monthly marketing workshops via Zoom and give you the keys to a huge library of online resources filled with eBooks and templates and videos that we have developed over the years of working with small business. You'll also get exclusive access to our Academy Facebook group, where you can connect with other like-minded businesses just like you. I'm in the group all the time, answering questions and sharing loads of helpful marketing tips and tricks. 
We have three levels available so that you can choose a program that matches your business ambitions. Head on over to dragonflymarketing.com.au forward slash the dash academy forward slash to find out more. And until next time, happy marketing. You've been listening to another Morgan Media Production. 